Good Vibe University. Hey everyone, this is Jeanette for Good Vibe University, and we are so fortunate today to be getting time with Carmela Romalia. Carmela, hello and welcome. Hello, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I agree with everyone in chat room who was saying we should have been recording as soon as you got on the call. <laughs> You've been really great stuff already. But I did want to get this recording started so people could benefit from everything you have to share with us. Um, before we jump into today's conversation, um, I do want to just let everyone who's in chat room and dialed in to know that we're we're being super casual with this today. We don't I don't have a bunch of questions that I'm going to get through. I'm going to be really loose and flexible and relaxed with this, Carmela, and I invite you to share whatever you feel inspired to. Okay. So for those who are dialed in, if you have a question, um, if you want to save it till the end, great. If, you, if it's a burning one that needs to happen while we're in the middle of something, feel free to interrupt us. And in chat room, I will be reading text there. So anyone who's got question in chat, go ahead and type it in, and, and we'll get to it at some point. But Carmela, I wanted to say... I am so impressed with your work. And I only ran it, well, was it just about a month ago? It hasn't been that long since yeah. I ran across your material. Yeah. And I don't even know how you found me. It was just one day, Happy Calories Don't Count got a message that says, Jeanette Ma likes Happy Calories Don't Count. I was like, <laughs> cool, that's awesome. <laughs> you have an amazing YouTube presence. I mean, and I think that is a fabulous way to deliver what it is that you're sharing. Loved your book, though, Happy Calories Don't Count. And I have to tell you, I get relief just saying the title of your book. Every oh, time I think, you. happy calories don't count, or type it, or say it to someone, just that phrase brings me relief. Yes, <laughs> yes. Well, I think what has happened uh, in our culture that with the whole diet and exercise model, which you know we'll get into in a little bit, about um, how damaging, and, and it's actually flawed. It, it has a big fundamental flaw in it, and people don't recognize that. And what happens is that you'll you'll participate in the things that this model says that you need to do to achieve your body. You need to diet and you exercise, and then you don't get results, and then you think there's something wrong with you, mm-hmm. you know. And and so everyone's always walking around questioning themselves, and no one has yet to question the model. Uh, and and that's what one of the biggest things I think I can gift people with is is the idea that no, this model should be questioned because it doesn't work. Uh, but this idea that, that happy calories don't count, it's kind of funny because it's, it's using the idea of the model of diet and exercise and counting your calories to kind of show that the model doesn't work. But in today's culture, we've gotten to such an extreme that unconsciously we're thinking of food as something we have to earn. You know, it's a price we have yeah. to pay. Um, and especially if we enjoy it, you know, then the price is even higher. And how do you pay that price of food? Well, you have to exercise. And how are you balancing out how much you're paying and how much you're costing? It's this thing called a calorie or a fat gram or whatever. And and we've really gotten away from the wisdom of our bodies, which will really tell us everything we need to know. Oh, my um, gosh, And so, you know, it's interesting because I'll be at dinner parties or I'll be talking to people about this. And the people who have not had a lot of pain around it, who just kind of um, are still at that superficial acceptance of what the culture tells us with diet and exercise, they, you can kind of get into this thing about, well, obsessing about your weight is vanity, you know, or what, you were really suicidal over your weight, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it makes me understand that they, not only do they not get it, that it's not about the weight, it's about this, this feeling that you're ineffective, 
You know, mm-hmm. the, the society tells you that you can, if you do A, you will get B, and you can do A, and you can do A with gusto. And when you don't get B, you're like, what's wrong with me? Um, and then the other thing is that living in the society in which we live, where diet and exercise and Photoshop and commercials are, are everywhere, you know, really taking that journey to try to achieve your ideal body is actually one of the most fabulous spiritual experiences you can take because you're really cutting out the illusion of what our society is teaching and you really have to go within and connect with you and connect with your body and do all those things that you have to do on a spiritual path. You're just using weight as the vehicle with which you do that. Oh, my gosh, I really like how you said that. That really puts a whole new spin on it. But I really especially appreciate your comments about how someone will come to the conclusion, what's wrong with me? Because we, we know how heavy that is to carry when, when cause vibrational alignment does not exist when we are not loving and appreciating and acknowledging ourselves. So when we come to a conclusion like that, it is a kinky vibe all over the place. Um, I probably, you probably know this, uh, the, the listeners to this particular call, you probably don't experience this with every group that you're talking with, but these right. guys are very savvy, deliberate creators, very familiar with law of attraction material and understand the importance of self-love and uh, just happiness in general for being able to create what we want. And yet, <laughs> and yet, there are a lot of us, I'm in this category as well, who are not at our ideal weight, who have struck, seriously, Carmela, when I read your story, I said out loud, this is my story. Because especially when you were talking about how um, it was at one point when you just gave up and you just decided you were done with it and then you enjoyed pizza and you enjoyed some ice cream and then weight started coming off. Right. And then I just laughed out loud when you said it, it like inspired you to, oh, okay, wait, this is working. I know what to do. And you got right back on board with the very traditional stuff we're taught to do in order to achieve weight loss. Right. I think that, I think the reason that weight loss happens to be the sticking point so, for so many people who, who practice law of attraction and, and metaphysical principles like that is that we we go back to that diet and exercise teeter totter. So mm-hmm. if if you're a young person and, and you know you're, you're not raised around any kind of uh, metaphysical ideas, you're just very traditional model of what what would be considered quote unquote normal. Um, you go and you want to change your body, and all you all you know is diet and exercise because that's what the the culture teaches. Mm-hmm. So then what you do is you go and you do the diet and the exercise, and you're not getting the results. And you're in pain because you think there's something wrong with you because you're not getting the results. And, and you go and you'll, you'll try the next new diet or you'll try the next new exercise thing or you'll get tested for allergies or your thyroid or in any myriad of, of realms of physically what is wrong with me that I can't do this. And so when you give up, well, not give up necessarily, but when you say, okay, there's got to be more than just diet and exercise – and then you start doing the psychology um, or you start doing the spiritual work and emotional work that you want to do, what's interesting is from that perspective, you go back to the diet and exercise teeter-totter. It's like I'm just going to go to therapy to figure out what are my demons that are keeping me from being on the teeter-totter or why, why can't I be motivated on the teeter-totter or I'm going to do my affirmations or I'm going to do my manifestation work about results from the teeter-totter. Whereas what I finally realized uh, that I was kind of doing unconsciously when I when 
I had written about it in that part in the book where, you know, I'd ate pizza and I ate ice cream and it was like, screw it, I'm just going to be happy. And I lost all that weight. And then after that point, it was like, wow, I can lose this much without even trying. Think how much I can lose if I really try. (laughs) And so then, and this was really interesting, at that point, any diet or, or focused attention to trying to achieve a result with my body through food or any focused attention on trying to achieve a result with my body through exercise, I would get the exact opposite result. So, you know, I go on a diet, I do a workout program, I gain weight. I quit doing it, I lose weight. And so finally what I had done is I just quit dieting and exercise just because I didn't want to gain weight. I mean, I wasn't really thrilled with where I was at the moment, but it was just I know for me if I do these other things, I'm just going to get results that I don't want. So for me, the lesser of two evils is just, you know, not to the diet and exercise. And I just thought I was a freak, you know, and, <laughs> and, and what was really interesting to me um, was that, and I don't share this with a whole lot of people, was that I, you know, I, I was just, I hadn't really figured things out. I just knew that if I tried to diet or I tried to exercise, I would gain weight. So I just wasn't going to diet or exercise. And that isn't to say that, you know, I sat around eating McDonald's all day and, you know, didn't go for a walk or anything like that. I just didn't stress out about it. Um, and then, you know, people had kept asking me, you know, well, what do you do to look so good? And, and a lot of people in my community know that I'm a Pilates instructor because I have a studio in town. And all the questions are always centered around, what did I eat? And did I do cardio or did I just do Pilates? And, and no. And the, the reason they want to know is because they think whatever worked for you is going to work for them, which is, is another mistake we make. Exactly. Um, but the thing is, is that these are all like superficial conversations, and I don't really have a way to really tell people, you know, oh, well, you know, it's more than that, and there's all this other stuff involved. And, you know, since I don't know who in the business world of the Newcastle Chamber of Commerce, you know, has studied law of attraction and who has it, you know, <laughs> they might look at me like, you know, I'm from Planet X or something. So the only way I really knew how to answer these questions was to write a book and in the first chapter tell everybody all the drama that I've been to through, and these are why I'm drawing the conclusions that I'm drawing. You know, yes, I did the diet, and I did not cheat. I am a type A straight A student, you know. I did this to the letter, and I got the exact opposite results, you know. And in the course of writing about all of that, I realized that, you know, I still had a lot of shame about getting heavy because I had started this whole thing um, in high school doing the diet and exercise model and being so good, so type A at the diet and exercise model that I spent my senior year of high school in the hospital for anorexia. And so for me to It wasn't about willpower. Yeah, what you, I mean, clearly in your case, this was not from lack of willpower that you weren't getting results under the traditional model. Right. And then the other thing that I discovered through my, through my uh, journey of healing through all of this is because for so long I had been identified as having an eating disorder Anytime I was in therapy and having trying to express frustration about following the diet and exercise model and not getting a result, I would get labeled as, oh, well, that's just an indication that you have an eating disorder. And so there are two distinct kinds of pain. There is 
the emotional, psychological, spiritual pain that we all have to some extent, um, varying degrees throughout our lives that we address and we deal with. And for some people, those can be really exacerbated and turn to maladaptive behaviors. But then there's also the pain of doing the effort and doing the work that you're supposed to do and not getting the result that's promised. And so I think that in that area, I had I had been doing all of that and I'd been exercising and I'd been working out and I'd been dieting and, and working out so much I I was embarrassed to tell people how much I worked out because you would never know I it by looking at me. I was shocked to read it. I was, re- I was shocked to read what some of your exercises were. <laughs> you know, and, and I'm not getting the results and, and I'm getting heavier and heavier and heavier and heavier and, and oh my God. And so when I would finally had that thing where it was like, screw it, I'm just going to be happy. And I lost a whole bunch of weight at once. Well, I was probably within, you know, 15, 20 pounds, I don't know, of like my goal weight of where I wanted to be. And people think that I look good, you know, now and I'm, you know, a Pilates instructor and, hey, it's all great. But see, I'm also an actress. And so I've got this part. I know it's, you know, a little neurotic. uh, But, you know, it's like I see what's on TV and I think, oh, you know, I'm over 40 and I'm not, you know, a size zero and, and what's going on with all of that? Am I ever going to make it in Hollywood? You know, all of that drama that you go through. So I had a lot of shame about ever being heavy. And so I had this idea that if I could just lose that weight, no one would ever know that I was heavy. It was like this deep, dark secret that I had because my heaviest weight was when I was in grad school. And by the time that I'd opened the studio, I, I'd come down, I'd gone through that thing where just screwed, I'm going to be happy. Mm-hmm. And um, But again, every time I tried to affect change and get rid of those last 10 pounds, the opposite would happen. Well, when I wrote the book and I just kind of told the world, hey, guess what? I used to be heavy. Hey, guess what? I was on the edge of suicide. Hey, guess what? This has just put me through the ringer. And I just really put myself out like that. You know, I get up after I finish the last sentence of the book and I stand up and my pants fall off. And I'm like, Josh, I think I just like lost 10 pounds. And he he like takes me into the bathroom and he puts me on the scale and he's like, yep, you're 10 pounds lighter than the last time we weighed you. So it was, it was, it's kind of like I had seen that one of the questions that had come up on the, um, the call board was like, how do you change a belief? You know, yeah. well, experience is one way to change a belief. And you have to understand, when I was writing the book, I still believed in diet and exercise. I just didn't think that they worked for me. And I was kind of trying to show people, <laughs> I was trying to show people the little, the little bolts of alignment, the little thing. And this is kind of how I have to think about it. Otherwise, I go crazy. And then I stand up and literally releasing all that energetic shame and self-loathing and all that stuff that just came from, you know, telling the world, you know, here I am, love me or leave me, you know, kind of thing. It released all that and it released it in my body. And in that moment, I was like, oh my God, I'm right. (laughs) I was surprised. I was like, oh my God, it's true. Really? Oh my goodness. This is really how it works. And it was interesting because it was writing the book that launched my true understanding of what all, all this is about. 
So that's what I was saying earlier before we started recording about how I came at it backwards. I didn't really understand it and then write the book. <laughs> I wrote well, the book you to also tell people said, what I knew, and then I realized what I knew. I came, kind of came to understand what I knew after I wrote the book. I, I like what you said, too, when you were um, when you said that it, it felt like that book was channeled. You know, like that oh, came yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it, that came about as an, it's another fun little story. Uh, and Josh had said, well, you're the weight loss expert, write a book. And I kind of looked at him like he was on glue or something. I'm like, no way. I'm so not a weight loss expert because I still, you know, had my own demons and, and I'm, I'm not, you know, I, I don't know what I'm doing. And he says, well, no, seriously, girlfriend, you, you are comparing yourself against the Hollywood ideal. And if, if 99 0.9% of the people out there knew what you've been through, you're definitely a weight loss expert. And okay. what he did is he took me out on our back porch to talk about manifesting, right? He took me out on the back porch with the idea that he was going to interview me as if I were already a world-famous author. I was like, <laughs> already the New York Times number one best-selling author. And he's taking me out on the back porch, and he's interviewing me and asking me all these questions. And what was really interesting is that he, number one, he's never had a weight problem in his life, and he's a boy. Um, <laughs> he just has that, he's got that, that, that male psychology thing. And that's not to say I don't love men or men are different. You know, we, we're all the same and we're all different, you know, kind of thing. But just from his point of view, he just didn't get it, you know. Yeah. And, and all the questions that he was asking, I'm like, God, you just, you don't get it. You don't get it. And it was stirring all this stuff up inside of me. And so I went to bed that night and, um, I think it was Arnold Patton who said that if you re if you legitimately have something to say, there's someone who legitimately needs to hear it or something oh my like gosh. that. And and I fell asleep thinking that. And when I woke up in the morning, I was like, huh, all right. Well, if if I had something to say, what would it be? And I sat down at the computer and I just thought again, if I had something to say, what would it be? Well, I learned that it's all about being happy. Type, 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 type. And when I ran out of things to say, I took a nap. And then I woke back up and I said, what do I have to say? Type, 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 type. And three days later, I had a book. And wow. so it was just like all of the stuff that was inside of me came out or the divine came through me or a combination thereof. But again, I hadn't synthesized it really into an intellectual understanding at that point. And now it's teaching what I wrote in the book that's making me understand it. <laughs> okay, so this is super interesting to me because I feel like um, we literally know what shame weighs. At least we know what shame weighs on you because that process of releasing it by writing about it, by sharing your big secret uh -huh. and, and just letting go of that, I mean, literally to know that that, that was weighing on you, that is fascinating to me that you had that experience. I, I think that is super cool. Yeah, um, and, and when you think about it, it makes sense. And, and this is why um, part, of, part of the happy calories don't count thing. It's like clear the channel, clear the channel, clear the channel, keep it open. Um, because I, I just on a whim, and this is part of that channeled part, because I was writing, and in the middle of writing, I'm like, yeah, what about that? So I go to Wikipedia, and a calorie is defined as a pre-SI unit measurement of energy. That's all it is. Calorie is not food. Calorie is not a cookie. Calorie is not a steak. Calorie is not 30 minutes on the treadmill. Um, your body does not know what a calorie is. 
your your body knows, you know, what what broccoli is, your body knows what a banana is, but your body does not know what a calorie is. A calorie is energy and there's emotional energy, you know, there's psychic energy, there's mental energy. You know, if you're if you're in the office all day and, and thinking really, really hard, you know, you can have a headache at the end of the day because you're using so much energy. Um so if you think of calories and we get obsessed about them and think of term in terms of, you know, the food and the exercise, but if you think of it in the bigger concept of what they are and they're just energy, well wow, if you've got if you're carrying a lot of energetic shame, you're carrying a lot of calories on you too. And it doesn't matter how many, you know, hours on the treadmill you spend, it's not gonna access the, those calories because those are shame calories. Well, no, so I know in your process, you were able to release those by telling your story. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you know of other ways for people to do that? Because I'm feeling like whoever's listening to this recording, whatever you're wanting to release or wherever you're blocked, if there's any shame or guilt or anything, any of that kind of energy, it's blocking whatever it is that you want to create. Right. Um, and and I've got, I've got a lot of different little things that, that I do and that I, that I coach people to do. It's just, it just kind of depends on your personality, you know, because journaling is like one of the best ways to do that. You know, you just write, 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 write. But I hate to journal. (laughs) I, I, I'm just never going to do that. But I've got a lot of people who just think it's great. It's, and it's not just, um, about releasing, uh, shame, but, but it's any, anything that comes up, um, that, that, that will knock you off your center and and so i i put up that um little picture of alignment that people have access to yes. on the, yeah so for those on um, the call it's in the forum on a, in the gbu call thread for this call um and i think is it also on the facebook page Carmen? yeah it's, it's on the uh the 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 um the, the event you know it's like the loa weight loss it's on that page i posted it and it's also on that happy calories facebook page um and what I like about this is that it's it's a visual thing that reminds me of what it is I'm trying to do, and it answers so many questions. It takes all the thorns out of my side that the questions and the disconnects that just the generic or or not even just generic, but the 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 more common approaches to teaching law of attraction would um would create in me because I'm one of those people that I want to create I want to control my reality. I don't just want to create it. I want to control it. And I did I just want I wanted to hear you talk about the difference between creating and controlling because I think we were talking about that before we started our recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so I I was thinking a lot for our call today about like one or the what are like one or two big um like a paradigm shift eye opening things that I can give that that will help heal a lot of this drama that we have about our weight, even if we're in the law of attraction creating our reality type of thing. And the first idea is that we take these principles, but then we go back to the teeter-totter. You know, we don't want to go back to the teeter-totter. We want to take the principles and we want to go forward. And for me, going forward looks like this picture of alignment right here, and we're going to get into that in a second. The other is that, um, so this idea that there's something about your body that you don't want to change or that you don't like, so you want to change. So you're going to do the diet and exercise to change your body. And the reason I feel that so many of us have pain around that is because that model in and of itself tells you that you can control your body. It tells you that 3,500 calories equal a pound. 
And if you eat less calories than you burn, well, then you will lose weight because it's a numbers game. And and if it's not a numbers game, then it's a food allergy or a thyroid game. But there is some mathematical thing you can figure out to control your body. And then when that doesn't work, we have pain. Well, then what happens is you go to the law of attraction and the metaphysical uh, practices. And if you're someone like me, I know that there are a lot of people out there who are brilliant and can take this information and just apply it and run with it. Unfortunately, I am not one of those people. What I did <laughs> is I went, oh, my goodness, I can do the right affirmation or I can do the right focus wheel or I can get to the right vibration and then I can control my body. I can make my body do what I want to do by doing the right metaphysical thing. And so in my mind, that is the same trap as the diet and exercise model. You're just substituting one form of control for another. Wow, you know? that's so interesting to me. Because, and, and again, and I, I, I know that the people, you know, most people, well, you know, I don't know. I, I know that at its core, law of attraction does not say that, but that is what I'm going to hear. You know, if I, I'm creating my reality, why can't I control it? And I think that that's a lot, that's a thorn that so many people have because you'll hear it when you come up, when you come up against the questions, well, why can't I win the lottery? You know, if I can create, if I can create my reality, why can't I, why can't I manifest winning that, that Mega Millions jackpot or whatever? Um, or why can't I, and, and you know, again, being an actress, you know, there, I know so many people, I want to win an Oscar, you know, and I had a really hard time reconciling the idea, you know, when, when, you you put out the energy and you're and you're getting into alignment and things are great, um, but seriously, for as many people that want to win an Oscar, there aren't enough Oscars to be given out. They only give out one Best Actress Oscar a year, and I know so many people that want to win that award, you know, and so th there has to be something more going on because otherwise, if it's just I get the right vibration, and then I get my Oscar. Well, if you don't get your Oscar, then what's wrong with me? I didn't do it right. You know, yeah. otherwise I would have gotten that Oscar. Right, and you we're know, still relying on, on what we can create in order to feel better. Right. Um, and so what I what I and so I I had created for myself a ton of pain around the whole law of attraction thing, even though I got to sit in the Abraham hot seat. I was one-on-one with Abraham. Were you asking about exercise and food? And I was asking over? about my body. And um, I will I've, – I've got the recording, um, and I don't know if it ever made it to uh, DVD or anything like that, but I'll figure out a way to get you guys my little, my little thing with Abraham. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was amazing. And, and what I think their biggest gift is isn't what they say. It's how they make people feel. You know, it's, it, it's, they, they, you can, they can, if you go and you look for content or something, you know, what's something tangible that I can look for to try to then be in control to create my reality the way I want to, you know, they, they do offer that kind of stuff, but more powerful than what that is, it's how they make you feel. Because I, I had my experience with Abraham and, and I have the recording and I listen to the recording. And I try to do some of the things that they told me to do, but that pales in comparison to the emotional release that I had after I had finished talking with them. You know, and I mean, I was buzzing for like two weeks uh, wow. and, and, and all of this stuff that happens. And so 
that really got me thinking, um, and of course they say it too, that, that you only ever want anything because you think having it will make you happy. And, and then they also say this. They say, well, why don't you just be happy? But what I do, because I want what I want and I want to create what I want, I figure out how to be happy so I can get what I want. I know. Yeah. Like, okay, just chill. Just chill. You know, and, and you know, and that, that makes so much sense because, um, and it's, this will explain, this also explains why people can actually quit a diet and exercise program and get better results or they're doing a diet and exercise program and they don't get results. So if, if there's something about your body and you want to change and you go on a diet and exercise program and you don't like what you're doing, the rational person quits. But the rational person will then think, oh, my goodness, there's something wrong with me. I can't stick on a diet. I have no willpower. I have, you know, none of this. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, actually, you're really brilliant because the only reason you want to change the body that you have into something else is because you think getting that change will make you happy. But doing this diet and exercise program is not making you happy. And that in and of itself is a contradiction in terms. And there's a part of you that understands that. There's a part of you that understands that what you're really going for is happiness. And this process is a very unhappy process. And you're never going to get a happy outcome through an unhappy process. And so the rational or the the spiritual part of you just quits. You know, then if you're a little more thick-headed like I am, and you continue to do it despite being miserable, um, you get opposite results. And what occurred to me finally was that, you know, um, I think a lot of times with this, uh, the law of attraction thing, we're taught that our body is a manifestation of our thoughts. And so then we try to control our thoughts to control our bodies. And a big light bulb moment for me was that, no, my body has its own intelligence. It is flesh, blood, and bone, the divine essence of me in physical form. So it's connected to all of that stuff, but it is not just my thoughts. It's responding to the divine energy, just like my personality and my soul are. And it wants what's best for me, and it wants me to be happy. And so my body, if I am doing something that's making me miserable to get a result, my body knows me well enough to know that if it gets me a result, I will probably continue to do that thing that's making me miserable just to keep getting the results. But my body doesn't want me to be miserable. My body wants me to be happy. So it's going to give me the opposite result of what I want. So I will quit doing that thing that's making me miserable. That was just this huge light bulb moment for me. you know. And I'm like, oh, that totally explains it. it. I get it. Yeah, I get those light bulb moments. You know, and I still sometimes get those light bulb moments, even though this isn't necessarily new, new material or a new understanding, but sometimes when it just hits the right spot, I feel the relief of, okay, yeah, now I really, really get it. I'm, I got to say, Carmela, I'm wondering a couple of things. I want to ask a couple of questions that have come up in chat, but I'm wondering that it seems to me being a woman and being an actress that it is especially easy for someone in your situation to be attached to how their body looks. Is that fair to say? I, I think that is fair to say, and that's one of the reasons that I'm in Seattle and not in L.A. Um, <laughs> but, but the other thing, but the other thing though too, is that um, I, I it, again, it's so it's so much a spiritual path. Um, 
and it and it's so much it, it's taught me so much about who I am, both the acting and the quest for my ideal body, whatever that ends up looking like, you know, um, the two of them together, because um, I, it, it takes a lot to, um, to starve yourself, you know, and, and, and once, once you get to a certain weight, really, you're not thinking clearly, you know, um, you're not seeing yourself clearly and you're not thinking yourself clear. You know, your body is cannibalizing itself and it's eating its brain and you really can't make good decisions. Um, and I was in a, people, people are like, how do you recover from something like that? Because I know people who, who still kind of, um, step around the whole eating disorder issue, whether it's compulsively eating or, or being anorexic or bulimic or any, anything like that. They're, they're like, well, how do you really get better? And, and I think that that's because the, um, the behaviors or whatever it is in the, it's feeding you somehow. It's, it's giving you something. And so you need to want or you need to find something that you want more than that. And acting came along at a time for me when there wasn't there wasn't anybody that was going to make me eat a cracker, and there wasn't anybody that was going to keep me from my six hours on the treadmill or whatever it was. Um, but I, I had this idea in my head that I wanted to be an actress for whatever reason, and uh, and I got into the theater, and I saw the magic of what was happening when people were doing their scene on stage. And it kind of went from people standing there and saying their lines and kind of being talking heads and puppets to taking a little bit of direction from the teacher and then two fully actualized human beings were on stage. And I just thought that was magical. And I wanted to be an actress so bad. And then what would happen is I would need to go on stage and I'd need to do the scene, and the scene called for, you know, an emotional preparation of being upset or having tears or whatever. And I'd go in the back room, and the only thing that would generate any kind of emotion out of me was I ate an extra carrot or I was five minutes short on my workout. You know, it was like, I, and I, I was like, oh, my God, something's got ch- to give. And at, during that same time, I had the opportunity to work on a couple of film sets and those are you know well i my call time's at six so that means i have to leave at five because i want to be early and you know so that means i need to at four start getting ready oh that means i need to get up at 1 30 to work out for two hours before i start getting ready before i go to and then you get there and if you're an extra on a film set it's sit around and wait sit around and wait sit around and wait and what are you waiting next to you're waiting next to the food table Oh. I I am putting forth so much emotional energy to not eat and to, you know, not do what my body wants me to do. There's no way I could ever step up to my mark and deliver my line, you know, on cue. You it's were like, how, exhausted. How, how can you give any kind of performance like that? And it was I wanted acting badly enough that I was willing to give up the eating disorder. And wow. I went through a whole lot of crap 
and a whole lot of drama and therapy in dealing with all the stuff that the eating disorder was serving for me. But that that that's what kind of started that that journey of healing. And so a lot of these things about releasing that I get, they're old acting tricks, you know, because because when you're on stage, you're creating a new character. And and I just think it how lovely it is that it was like trying to learn how to be a different person taught me how to be myself. You know, it it, make me cry. (laughs) (laughs) And and so it's like and, and again, a lot of people be like, oh, you want to be an actress? oh, you're just, you know, full of yourself, or that's really vain, or you, or you want to be thin. And really, with everything that we're dealing with, and especially with um, the the media and everything, it's really, I think, one of the highest callings you can make because you do have to tune out all the junk. And, you know, I realized one day I'd never, ever, ever had a director or a casting director ever think I was heavy, ever, ever like, not cast me, even when I was heavy, not think that I was perfect the way that I was. Um, and, and you know, you have to fill out the stat sheet and you have to fill out your height and your weight and your size. And, you know, everybody's always like, or at least I am, really embarrassed and, oh, my God, are they going to look at this and think I'm too fat and so they're not going to cast me, you know, kind of thing. And one day it occurred to me, you know, the wardrobe people really don't care what size you are. They just want to be able to buy the right clothes. <laughs> you know, they have a job to do. They, they, need to, they need to dress you. They're on a schedule. They're on a budget. They just want to make sure the clothes fit, so they want to know what size you are. You know, it's, it's not really that big a deal. Um, so so there, there was some pressure, um, and I think that I, I had shielded myself from that by, by mostly staying in Seattle. But in 97, when they were doing that um, big writer's strike, or 2007, not 97, 2007, when they had that big writer's strike, my agent called me down to L.A. and said, you know, you have to be down here. They're doing all this pre-production stuff. And so, so I went into the lion's den, so to speak. And <laughs> it was the most amazing experience because, you know what, L.A. is full of perfectly normal people. You know, the only time you're going to run into a gaggle of size zero blondes is if you're at a casting call and they're specifically <laughs> looking for size zero blondes. Otherwise, it's a completely normal city. <laughs> so it really is just your your perspective and, and what it is you're looking for and and I think who you are attracting. You know, I I went down there and I found an acting class and I found a Pilates studio to work out of. And so I was doing the things that were still kind of authentically me. And so I kind of drew that experience to me. But I also know of lots of other people who have horror stories of L.A. So, you know, that is just another example of how um, you you get back what you're putting out there. Yeah. You know, what and, are you and, looking and for? And it sounds like really good practice for ensuring, for building the muscle of choosing what you think rather than responding so much exactly. to what others Exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, but I, I and I, I digress because I can I can just talk forever and tell stories and, and all that stuff. But one of the things that I um, wanted to point out with this this idea of alignment with a little picture here is it um, it took care of so many problems for me, uh, and it, it came to me ca- kind of after you know I'm a Pilates instructor and teaching other people all day and watching their physical alignment that's what I pick on I'm like okay well you got to square your shoulders and you got to you know use the right muscles no you don't want to lift your arm from your neck you want to use you know your back and your tricep to do the work so correcting them that way and also um, in my own workouts um, we use our entire body for a specific movement 
it's it's not like in the gym where you're going to go, you know, do a bicep curl and you're just focusing on doing a bicep. Um, if, in Pilates, bicep curls, use your biceps, your triceps, your forearms, your back, your stomach, your whole body. And it's interesting um, to hear people, some of my clients, go to the gym and their stories are like, wow, that felt completely different. And so in Pilates, you use your whole body to do an exercise. So why are we just using part of ourselves um, to make a decision about food or exercise, or we're making a decision based on what we hear in some magazine or newspaper or TV article, something like that. So with, with this model of alignment, it's, you're using all of you to make every decision. So it's not just the food you eat, but it's what you think and feel and believe about what you eat too. Um, and that was kind of inspired when I heard Abraham say, something about, I, I'm not going to get the quote right, um, but I was listening to one of their things and they had said something about how, you know, if you go up and you are standing in line and you want ice cream and then you decide, no, you shouldn't have ice cream and you're on a diet and you walk away from the ice cream, it, 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 you can have the ice cream or you can ha- not have the ice cream and you're going to get the same results. And how that works with me, with my alignment, how I figured out what they were meaning by that is like, if you want something, so it's like a feeling, and you want something, but then you have a negative thought that counteracts that, that's contradictory energy, and that's kind of like knocking these little bolts out of alignment, and then energy can't flow through the system. So your contradiction is that you want something and you're not doing it. So if you want the ice cream, but you don't eat the ice cream because you think it's bad for you, you haven't reconciled any energy. You're mm-hmm. just living in the contradiction or if you don't if you eat the ice cream but you think you shouldn't eat the ice cream because it's bad for you still there's a contradiction that you haven't reconciled and that's knocking those bolts out of alignment so what you need to do is you need to get the bolts into alignment and then the action doesn't really matter you know well it didn't matter before because you had the same result it was a negative result whether you did it or didn't eat the ice cream now you're going to get the positive result whether you eat the ice cream or not Either you don't eat the ice cream and line up with that and think, okay, I'm not going to feel, feel deprived. I can eat ice cream whenever I want. I just don't feel like eating it right now. Or you're going to eat the ice cream and be okay with eating the ice cream, not have guilt about it. But you got to line up the energy before you take your action. Um, and so it's like you – or line it up as soon as you can. Line it, they say line up your energy, and I, I'm like, well, you got to get your bolts into alignment because what I'm doing – and it's just it's just a subtle, subtle difference. But to me, it makes up it makes a big difference because it's something practical and tangible. I don't really know how to line up energy, but I can see this little bolt here, and I I can move this over and see when the rings are all lined up. That's the energy flowing through the system. So when I when I'm talking to a Pilates client and their um, their alignment is all off. They, they have aches and pains. You know, it's like, I've got this bum knee, and I'm like, oh, well, it's because your, your, your performance is weak. If we, if we strengthen this, you know, then, then we'll get you into better alignment, and you won't have your aches and your pains. Well, if we align the, the big system of the person in terms of thoughts and feelings and beliefs in your food and your exercise, then the energy, which has nothing to do with you, it's divine universal energy, but it can run through you freely and effectively, and that's how I release control. It's like I cannot control the universe. I cannot control my circumstances. The only thing I can control is whether or not my little bolts or my nuts, I think they're called, I think those are actually nuts. I would call them bolts. (laughs) Uh, 
I know it's because I'm nuts. Those were really nuts. I always call them bulbs. Um, but the only thing I can do is is get them in a straight line so that the energy can run through them. And the other great thing that I love about this is that it gives you a place for acceptance because I think acceptance is one of the most powerful ways you can transform something. And that that's what I did when I was like, screw it, I'm just going to be happy. If I'm going to be fat, fine, I'm just going to be happy. Uh, but it was an acceptance of the circumstances over which I had no control. And I just, you know, I've been trying for 27 years. You know, I, I just can't do it anymore and I give up. We'll see in the diet and exercise model, that's what they'll teach you. They'll teach you that if you accept something, well, you're just going to stay the way you are. Because on that teeter-totter, that balance sheet, a number has to go up or a number has to go down, a calorie has to go in or a calorie has to go out or else you won't affect any change. And mm-hmm. even with how, how I tend to interpret the law of attraction, even though I know that's not what they're saying, but it's my personality and how I interpret things, it's like, oh, well, then i got to get my vibration right. You know, and it's, it's like I, I'm responsible for the vibrations and the manifestations somehow, and, and I, I'm trying to control it. So if I just accept it, well, I'm not doing the work that I need to do to affect the change. Well, with this model, there, there's acceptance is uh, really, what it is, is it's cleaning the grime out of the bolts. So I, I have no control over the energy that flows through or what that energy can tr- creates. I only have control over whether or not these bolts are in alignment and if they're crusted over with anger and resentment and junk and self-hatred. And so um, in, in how I put this together and how I look at it, acceptance is a very powerful, proactive thing you can do. It's actually an action you can take because by accepting yourself and loving yourself, what you are doing, regardless of what your body looks like in the current moment, um, what you're doing is you're cleaning the grime out of the bolts so that your cl- the energy can run through. It's like a clogged gross pipe that, you know, you see the liquid plumber commercials. It's like pouring liquid plumber through your little nuts and bolts so that it'll be clean and the energy can start to flow more powerfully. Oh, boy, do we have questions in chat room. Um, <laughs> I want to get one from guest six, really directly related to what you just shared. Okay. So how does the alignment change how your body processes food? Um, I know, in fact, an earlier question along those same lines, do you change the energy of the food, like praying over it or just a, appreciation of it, or are you just changing your own energy? And your? I know I, some people will say, look, the body, my boyfriend is one of them, that it doesn't matter what I feel about the Oreo, the Oreo is going to do what it's going to do to whoever's eating it. And that, to that point, I would disagree. I and, couldn't agree more. And, and okay, and and then also and also there was a um and I, and I want to remember that question that you just asked and I want to get back to it. But I also said because now we just talked about hubby. There was a one that you had emailed me earlier, and it's like, but my my hubby keeps saying I need to do yeah. something to lose the weight. And but how do I do this? All right. So what if your partner is someone? Number one, I don't know if in it, I don't really think that it matters if they're into law of attraction or anything like that. Your your partner is who has they have their own beliefs, but guys tend to be more logic driven than emotion driven, um, and and guys tend to, um, you know, they they learn a model like diet and exercise, 
and they believe the model. And then they're just going to be like, well, I'm just going to buck up and I'm going to do the model. Mm-hmm. And then they get the results because that's what they expect. Or they quit doing it and they get the opposite, you know, then they put on weight or whatever because that's what they expect type of thing. Um, well, I was trying to explain this to somebody, um, which was, again, a light bulb moment, when the flaw of that model is that it's incomplete because it doesn't address your state of being. And what I mean by that is that, you know, you you work out with a personal trainer or you read enough diet and fitness magazines or whatever, it's very common for people to uh, use the analogy or a metaphor of a fire or a furnace for your metabolism. You know, that mysterious thing that yep. no one really knows how to define or describe or control. Um, and so it's like, well, you just need to stoke that furnace. Get your metabolism revving at high high heat, you know, so that you can burn those calories. And so the, their their analogy is always, well, your food is your fuel and your exercise is your heat, and that is how you create fire. You have a match and you have a piece of kindling and you have fire. Well, not in a vacuum, you don't. You know, <laughs> you you cannot create fire without oxygen. You know, you can't create fire in space with with a match and a piece of kindling. We can only do it here because we live on planet Earth, which is an oxygen-rich environment, and everyone takes it for granted. It's around us all the time, and everyone takes it for granted. Well, that's the same with our state of being. Everybody takes it for granted. And in that fire triangle analogy thing, our state of being is the oxygen. And so what happens, I think, is why somebody like – you know, a guy who will just, you know, think in terms of diet and exercise and get a result or quit doing the diet and exercise program and put on weight. Or someone like a Julian Michaels, who's the biggest loser and that's, you know, all what she's about is diet and exercise, is that with her thoughts and feelings and beliefs, that puts her in alignment. She doesn't have, well, I don't know her personally, so I can't say this, um, but for like other people that I talk to, they don't have any kind of emotional or psychological or spiritual resistance to the idea of, oh, well, I just need to get up and eat egg whites and broccoli in the morning, and then I need to go to the gym and hit the gym for two hours, and okay, then I just do that. And that that doesn't do anything to knock their bolts out of alignment. Mm-hmm. But for, for other people for whom that's not the emotional or spiritual or, or mental uh, joy <laughs> that it is for the other people, that is going to affect it. And so a lot of people will look at, at diet and exercise and then see the result and they forget or they have yet to see because it's invisible. It is invisible and it looks different for everybody. Alignment is the answer for everybody, but it is different for everybody. There's a step. It's not the diet and exercise that's getting you a result or lack of result. It's your alignment that's getting your result or lack of result. And diet and exercise is part of alignment. What happens is people relate diet and exercise to each other and we need to we need to unhook that. We need yeah. to unhook diet and exercise from each other because the relationship is between your food and your state of being and your exercise and your state of being and your state of being is what's running the show. Hmm. And so when when you can when you can put together um an argument of like hey, you're totally you know trying to create fire in a vacuum you know, their ears might perk up and you might they might get a listen. And then the other thing that I found is really helpful, again, my little nuts and bolts of alignment say the exact same thing as law of attraction. I'm just saying it in a slightly different way. 
And the a, a lot of people who are uninitiated or who just kind of come in and, and jump out again, it's also very easy. You know how it's very easy to make the jump that you create your reality, therefore you can control it. Mm-hmm. It's also very easy for someone to look at this as magic. You know, it's like, oh, I say my affirmation and it's magic. And so, you know, they're anti-magic. So they think that we're a bunch of airy-fairy people that, you know, are up in the clouds and we don't know what we're talking about kind of thing. When um, it's not about the affirmation and it's not about the journaling, the affirmation or the journaling is a tool to help us either get into alignment or to release junk out of the middle of our, our nuts and bolts. So um, if, if you look at it, if you look at it like your food, exercise, thoughts, feelings, beliefs as a system, like a, uh, and, and I use it as a metaphor, but I, I speak about it quite literally. You are a system and you are a system made up of your physical body and your thoughts and your feelings and your beliefs and energy needs to run through this system we need to make the energy flow efficient and effective so that it can be powerful. Well, if you are, if your bolts are out of alignment, energy can't run through the system. Now, that's something that's pretty logical that, mm-hmm. that most people can kind of go, oh, I kind of see what you're saying here. Okay. And then you say, see this thing that says, I am beautiful and I express my joy to the world. You know, that's not a magic phrase like open sesame. You know, you you just say the words and you get some kind of magical result. What it is is you are saying an affirmation because in that moment you might have a little bit of self-doubt. You might have caught yourself in the mirror at the wrong angle or something like that. And when that happens, your self-esteem goes, and then you are consciously taking control of that nut and pulling it back into alignment. You were saying, I am beautiful and I express my joy to the world. And if you are using affirmations the way they are truly powerful and how I believe we're intended to, to work, you feel an energetic release. You feel a little better. And what that is is that's your bolt sliding back into alignment or that's the, cr- the grime being released from it. And, well, that's what your book title does for me. And you're answering one of the questions in the chat room that was, they wanted to know how you would suggest cleaning the grime out. And that phrase right there is one of the ways to do that, right? To create that lineup. In yeah. The- and, and, and again, um, the, the affirmation has to, to work for whatever, whatever works for you. Um, so, you know, if, if you, and I write about this in the book, because again, you know, especially if you're just starting to learn about this, um, it becomes about the affirmation. It becomes about the tool rather than the purpose that the tool is used for. And so then we're like, oh, my goodness, am I am I saying it at the right – I have to say it in front of a mirror. And I have to say it five times in front of a mirror in the morning, at lunch, and at night because, you know, it becomes about the quote-unquote magic of what you're doing rather than than what you're really doing is you're trying to to release the energy. and And your body – your body, your body, your body is the answer. Your body will always tell you. And, and that's what I got into that whole big acting thing because that taught me how to connect with my body. Because, you know, when you're in acting class, so they throw all these fake circumstances at you, you know, all these scenes. And suddenly you're in love with somebody that you just met or you're having a big fight with somebody or you're, you're scared or, you know, you have to artificially create all these emotions. And I just... 
it was like, wow, if I want to be a good actress, that means I better be able to cry on cue. Boom, cry. You know, how do I do that? And I, I started to learn that my emotions lived somewhere in my body. And, and it's like, if I'm angry, it, and, and, and it's interesting because for the first time in my life, I understand bulimia in that way. When, when, it's, when someone who gives up the diet and exercise model and just can't figure it out, when I am angry, I just want to throw up. There's just like, my stomach is churning. I can get so angry that's like, oh my God. And then that's also why people will compulsively overeat. It's like they, they can't deal with the emotion. They can't deal with the energy. And so it's like, I need something to pull that back down. So your body will always tell you the answer. And not just about, you know, whether it wants to work out that day or whether it wants dessert, but also about what's going on with you mentally and emotionally and spiritually. You connect with your body, it will tell you, you know. And so I think that's one of the biggest um, resources that you have. You know, we, we get into a lot of the, the, the mental trying to manifest and create, and you know you're successful with your affirmation when you physically feel better in your body. You have that, oh, I can breathe, you know, because self-doubt and self-loathing and, and, you know, just being unhappy, it takes a lot of work to be unhappy. You know, it just makes you go up and you can't, you can't breathe. And when you start to let that stuff go, you're like, I can breathe. I'm here. I'm present. And then you weigh 10 pounds less. <laughs> and then you weigh 10 pounds less. Exactly. Um, all right. So I like that. It sounded like what I was hearing there was um, connecting with your body and feeling your feelings as another way for cleaning out the grime. Yes, absolutely. And, and I'm glad you brought me back on point because, again, I will talk in circles and talk forever. Um, I think one of the biggest challenges that we have with law of attraction is, you know, the idea that, oh, goodness, our thoughts create our reality. So we can't have any bad thoughts. Or, or if we have a bad thought, we have to change it real fast because we don't want to create the bad thing that's going to come with a thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we forget is the reason that the thoughts are creating the reality and all that stuff is, you know, if the thoughts carry the energy and that the energy, those calories, you know, that are just units of energy, those, they get attached to a thought. And if you just think the thought and then Think to try to change the thought, but don't feel better in your body. Yeah. It's like it's like interest on a credit card. You've you've paid off the purchase, but you still got the interest that still keeps growing. Mm-hmm. You know, and so if you're angry, express your anger somehow constructively. You know, and and as you can all tell and imagine, I'm a talker. Um, so for me, the best way to do that is to talk, 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 talk it out. And, that and, yet, you, and yet you don't like to journal. So do you talk to, out loud to yourself or, or, do you, or how do you practice that? Um, I have the most wonderful husband in the whole wide world. Um, and, and we do this little game where I'm like, okay, I want my lightning rod now. And, and we actually only developed this um, just a few months ago because I'd, I'd actually said, you know, I think I need to go back into therapy. Not because I think that there's anything that I need to work out, but because I need to talk, and I need to get this out and express this. And um, and I tried coaching, and it just it really irritated me because <laughs> what I needed, what I needed, is I just needed to get the emotional release. I just needed to get something mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. And and the coaches that I was working with, they kept trying to fix it, or they kept trying oh. to have me reframe something. And it's like, 
Sure. You, you don't understand what I mean. I'm needing to clear my channel. I, I just need to get <laughs> the gunk out. I'm cool once I get the gunk out. Um, and so he said, well, just use me. And I'm like, honey, you know, I don't want to dump all this junk on you, and it's it's not fair, and, you know, it's it's not your problem and stuff. And he said, well, use me as a lightning rod. Um, and so if you have a friend who can do this, and, you know, it, it's got to be a really cool friend. I mean, they have to have a lot of um, emotional stability within themselves. But mm-hmm. I'm like, Josh, I need a lightning rod. And he's like, okay, what can I do for you? And he just stands there, and he's present with me. It reminds me of that um, – that line from uh, The Invitation by Oriah Mountain Dreamer, there's a line in there that says, I want to know if you can sit with pain, yours and mine, without moving to hide it, fade it, or fix it. And so oh, which is what your coaches were trying to do. Yeah, exactly. And so um, he knows that's his job in that moment, and nothing I say has any reflection of him or us or life or anything. It's just me getting my junk out. Um, and so that's what I do because I can think so much faster than I can even talk, let alone write. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why I don't really find – I find writing more frustrating than liberating is because my mind is going a million miles an hour and I can barely keep up with my mouth. But also <laughs> when I'm talking – and it could just be, you know, all the years of, of interacting with actors and being on stage and things like that. The words, speaking them out loud and the resonance of speaking, it helps release the emotional energy inside me. I can get to tears a lot faster um, talking than I can writing um, if that's where I need to go. And and for me, oftentimes, you know, I'm Italian. I'm passionate. Um, but but I don't ever want to explode or, or be, you know, negative in a, in a bad way. And so all that energy through me goes through tears. So I cry all the time, but not necessarily because I'm sad. It's, you know, it's like the body's natural. I mean, they gave you tear ducts for a reason, you know, so I use them. And it, and it does. It creates a physiological change in your body. You feel the release. Um and I just feel really good after a good cry. <laughs> so um, that that's how I do it. And um, and if he's not around, um, I'll go for a walk and I'll talk to myself, not too loudly so that other people can hear me, but I'll just have a bitch session with myself. Um, and, and what that does is that's just getting rid of all the residual energy, and then I can actually think clearly. I can, I can um, go, oh, wow. Oh, okay. And then, and then it is easier to change my thought because I don't have all the emotional stuff going on in my body that's attached to that thought. I've gotten rid of all the emotional interest. Hey, now it's a lot easier to think clearly and to have a, a, a different thought and actually move with the thought rather than fight what's going on with the emotion because I, I'm really upset, but I, I can't be upset. I'm afraid to be upset because if I'm upset, then I'm going to attract bad things, and so I have to change my thought right away. And so you're just superficially changing your thoughts. It's not, an, not, in a, it's yeah. not an integrated, authentic change of, a, of an energy. Um, and again, going back to those nuts and bolts, it's all, all of you is making all the decisions all the time rather than just pieces and parts of you. Speaking of nuts and bolts, in chat room, a comment. So um, feelings, whether they're good or bad, are the primary way we can tell if our nuts and bolts are lined up. Does that sound right? Um, yeah, I would agree with that. And uh, and this is this is really interesting because this is a point that my husband and I had a, a 
big bone of contention about for a really long time until actually he read the book and then he understood what I was talking about. He would never trust his feelings. He would never, never trust his feelings because he's like, ah, oh, but you don't know that that's true and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and I'm of the complete opposite camp. I'm like, your feelings are what you trust. They are there. They don't have to be good. They don't have to be bad. You don't have to label them. They are just there. And you feel your feeling. You can't deny it. You feel your feeling. But once you feel it, then you can start to, you know, question it. It's like, okay, I'm feeling really angry. And in the middle of your anger, you know, you can, you can think of thoughts that it's like, well, why am I so angry? I mean, why am I so angry that he didn't put the coffee cup in the dishwasher? Why am I so angry that the dishes are still in the sink? You know, and it's like, he just doesn't love me. You know, and you go, oh, I see. You know, that's silly. You know, that's just my fear about thinking that, that he doesn't love me. That's not true. He told, and, the, and then, then you can kind of, work your way out of it, you know, it's like, oh, it's just probably in a hurry, you know, or, or whatever it is. Um, but if you don't feel your feeling, you never get to that point. And if you don't feel your feeling, what happens is like, oh, I'm angry. Oh, well, I can't be angry. Let my let me change my thought. Let me change my topic. Let me change something so I can change my vibration. And so that it just stays stuck. You know, it, it stays stuck in calories. It stays stuck on your body somewhere, you know. And Makes sense. Yeah. And um, I know that I forgot somebody's question because I went on a circle well, and I'm I, sorry. <laughs> uh, a quick one on, okay, so when we've got a part, whether it's a partner, a spouse, or an entire society, the question was how to handle it when the one that you're spending your time with doesn't agree with how you see things, like how you're practicing this. And I think that for that's a case for anyone who believes this, who lives in this culture, because Pretty much the majority out there is not on board with what you are sharing with us today, Carmilla. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And um, and what I say to that is it, it, it goes back to that I had the best I had the best conversation a couple of days ago, and it, and it was with an older gentleman who kept trying to get me to nail down, you know, about how do I find my foundation? Because when I was trying to describe this idea of lining up the bolts, he kept trying to get me to, you know, well, how do you know you're on a solid foundation? You know, that, that's, that's when things will line up and balance. If it's not on a solid foundation, it won't balance. And, and it occurred to me that that, that, that thinking of, of trying to do the survey work, do the math, do the research necessary to build a solid foundation on which your bolts will balance, is the exact same logic that gets you into trouble with the diet and exercise model because there is no such thing as a solid foundation. The earth has earthquakes. You know, your power does not lie in being able to stack your bolts on a solid foundation and creating that foundation. Your power lies in being able to pull your bolts back to middle, and you do that through connecting to your center. Just in Pilates, in Pilates you do it through connecting to your core. Like a ballerina, if she is... Um, doing one of those, you know, fancy little things with one leg above her, her ear and she's on point and she's holding it for like 30 seconds. If you take a picture of her, she, she's vibrating. You know, it's, she's constantly pulling herself back into balance. That's where your power lies. 
And so you know that through this journey that you take with who you really are and what it is you really believe and, and your experience of life, those are the things that teach you. You know, it's like I might be saying a lot of stuff up here and some of it might resonate and some of it might not, but the stuff that resonates is probably because you've had an experience with it. You know, it's like, oh, I understand why she's saying that. So it's really experience that teaches. So mm-hmm. your partner might not have had those experiences. Your partner can't, can't even fathom what it is you're talking about. And so you, you come to a part where, where you're just so strong in, in, in being able to pull back to your center and pull back to yourself that they don't have to agree with you and, and you can still be okay. And, and I often tell people, you know, it's like you go out to lunch with your girlfriends and you listen to the conversation that happens at the table. You just shut up and, and smile, you know, and, and you'll hear them, you know, and even other tables around, oh, my goodness, how many calories is that? Oh, well, I really shouldn't be doing this. Oh, and, and the whole conversation is about the food and exercise that they should or shouldn't be doing and how they're going to do the opposite and then trying to reconcile that, you know, and you just smile. Let it go. Good you know. I like the way you think. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, high fives from Mike in the chat room. And I want to invite, I know we're over time, but I want to ask anyone who's dialed in live, do you guys have any burning questions you want to run by Carmela? You guys have been such a polite and quiet group today. I appreciate the no background noise. Thanks, everyone. Carmela, do you have I, any p- parting thoughts you want to share with us, including I want to make sure people know where to plug in to get more of your material? Um, yeah, I, I'm 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 here if you need me. <laughs> um, I, my website is happycaloriesdon'tcount.com. All of this is still really new. I mean, I only wrote the book was actually not even published a year ago. So um, we're still Ooh. on the ground floor um, building everything. Uh, if you go to the website and you sign up. There's a little um, like 12-week free coaching email program that you can have where it's like every week for 12 weeks you'll get a video or a blog post or something that, that helps you. And, and since you guys are already the LOA crowd, a lot of it will just kind of be like, oh, yeah, I get it. Um, but for a lot of people that, that have yet to be exposed to this, it's supposed to be like trying to, to shift their thinking away from the diet and exercise model and a slow, in a slow, gentle way that makes sense, that's not too overwhelming. And we've got a YouTube channel. Um, it, it's the username is Happy Calories. And, and again, it, everything that, that comes out of me is coming from questions from other people. Even the book came out that way because I, I just kind of got to a place where I was just kind of living it but not really knowing what I'm living. And so your questions are helping me understand more fully what it is that I'm teaching and also be able to teach it and communicate it. So, so we're, we plan to do all sorts of great things with teleseminars and, and regular in-person seminars and, and all sorts of stuff. So I love your input and any questions you have. And thanks for having me. You guys were awesome and letting me ramble on and on and on. And oh, you fabulous material. And just as inspiring as I thought it would be, I suspect we will be seeing lots more from you out and about in the world. But if you ever want to come play with us, with us at Good Vibes University, we'd be happy to be testing ground for anything you want to share oh, or great. any questions you want to collect because this is definitely right up our alley. Great. So, well, thank you. Yeah, huge, huge thanks, Carmela. Um, I, I got to say, too, how much I like the tagline that goes along with happy calories don't count and neither does unhappy exercise. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
Again, just as big a smile from that as I do from your title. <laughs> well, and actually, I think that's that was even more the point that I was trying to make because people, you know, were coming to me as a Pilates instructor. And I can't tell you how many hours I spent on that treadmill, and you would never know how many hours I spent on that treadmill. But again, for me, I felt like a rat in a cage. It was misery, and I was just logging miles and logging hours to get a result that I was never going to get. Um, and I start doing something, you know, like just forgetting the gym because there are too many stupid mirrors and going outside and going for a walk and and suddenly my body responds and changes you know so unhappy exercise doesn't count either yeah and i gotta say thanks for bringing some sanity to a world that is saturated with information that isn't serving us so many many thanks girlfriend oh thank you looking forward to playing with you again and i want to thank everyone who dialed in tuned in and is listening to the recording if you've got any questions you know where to catch up with carmela and um yeah thanks again everyone thank you carmela you enjoy the rest of your day great thank you you too all righty bye